0: Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast with your host Cody Jansen. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Episode 6 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, brought to you by CST Tires and hosted by me, Cody Jansen. We have a good show lined up for you tonight with everything you need to know heading into the Iron Man finale coming up this Friday. But before anything else, I have to thank our show sponsors for all of their support because none of this would be possible without all of them. Thank you to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. I referred to the Pulse MXR tire as being like a cheat code in the last few episodes. So join the CST takeover or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to SSI Decals for their presenting sponsorship of our Redbud Live show and overall support of the podcast. Make your identity stick with the baddest-ass graphics in the industry. Thank you, SSI Decals. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-ring chain. You can thank them for bringing our featured guest each week. Thanks to new sponsor Blender's Eyewear. Their life and forward motion brand makes them the perfect partner for us. Use discount code Digging Deep20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market. Blenderseyewear.com. Thank you to 4 Carbon for coming on board. They've been running all kinds of killer deals on hoods, seat covers, and other accessories. You can head over to their Facebook page to check out those deals and see featured products. Thank you, as always, to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you're on the racetrack, even when conditions are tough. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save evanscoolant.com. Thanks to DP Breaks, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports breaking. Thanks to DP for allowing me and so many others to outbreak the competition as well as supporting my podcast. Thanks to Oats Overnight for partnering with us. Life is hard, so make breakfast easy. Simply combine with milk before bed and enjoy your two go breakfast in the morning. Overnight oatmeal loaded with superfoods, perfect for athletes. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout oatsovernight.com. And thanks to 100% and their new mega goggle that's all the buzz right now, unparalleled performance for the modern racer. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands in the industry, so improve your ride and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you guys. The goal for this week's episode is to supply you with everything you could possibly want to know heading into this weekend's Pro Finale. You know by now that in our Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant Sight Lab segment, we preview what's ahead in this week's show. First former AMA ATV Pro Rookie of the Year, Tyler Hamrick rejoins the show to join me in covering all ATVMX topics of conversation, post-Loretta's, and pre-Ironman. The more educated and in tune we can be as fans, the better our experience at the final round will be. That's where our podcast comes in. Then, after hearing from our sponsors, the show will conclude with an in-depth conversation with my trainer, the program's Dominic Sympolik. Don't forget to use that discount code, DIGGINGDEEP20, to save on Evan's coolant. And with that, let's dive right in. Or should I say, let's dig deep. All right, guys, so it's my pleasure um, to welcome back a former co-host, a regular on the show, friend of the show, Tyler Hamrick. He's an Ohio legend. Hammy, welcome back to the show, pal. Thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, what's going on, buddy? I appreciate that. Uh, Those are some nice words you had for me.
0: <laughs> hey, I almost uh, I almost felt bad for not having you on the last show because um, I know you really like being a part of it, but like, you are the fan favorite of this show. I have so many people, especially from the Ohio area, but I have so many people oh. that are so pumped when you come on the show that uh figured we needed to get you back on here for sure.
1: That's good. I like to hear that. I'm glad people like, uh, hearing what I got to say. I it was, I didn't know what, uh, what to expect or what other people would expect and think of it. So that's good, good well, I, to hear.
0: I, I think that, um, you know, people always liked you, but then you kind of just, you were gone, um, when you kind of retired from racing. So people are, yeah. people are excited to, to hear from you and see what you're up to and get your insight, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of fell off the face of the earth on the racing side and no racing so that was how i was doing it so it's cool to be back just kind of the mix of a racing scene or something
0: right right that's what i uh that's what i said to to um sean at the beginning of the last one like there's nothing better than racing and competing but definitely the next best thing is to be able to talk about it it gets those gets that adrenaline and those kind of juices flowing so um kind of kind of uh good Absolutely, agree absolutely good to get the you know good to get that you know you back in the mix and get people hearing from you and it's uh it's exciting it's exciting for both of us we love to love to talk racing so uh how about we talk some loretta's huh
1: yeah let's dig deep into some atv motocross let's get to it
0: yeah man so yeah, it was pretty uh it was pretty exciting, but it was almost like one of those days that was kind of just um wasn't too many battles necessarily. Like at least there was probably more than it looks like on paper on paper, you know, it was 1-1 2-2 3-3 4-4 5-5. You know, it was probably a little bit more mm-hmm. dicey than that, but um man, there was a a big wave of change, you know. Chad came in with a 1 point lead. He left you know, at the end of the day, five points down, Joel gets the gets the red backgrounds back for the first time in a long time, and uh, yeah, it was, it was it was really exciting. Were you able to tune into some of that racing there?
1: I was not. I was actually working that day, so I wasn't able to uh, like really stay up on it too much. So when I got a chance to check my phone, I was checking the results, and I seen that Joel had won, and Chad got second, and I had seen some clips and all that, and I. I was excited to see how the day was going to turn out. I really didn't know what was going to happen, knowing or after what happened at Redbud. So it was uh, stinks. I couldn't couldn't watch it all, but I'd have to say what happened uh, doesn't surprise me really. Seeing Joel go one one and uh, Chad going two two, yeah. that seems about right.
0: Yeah, Joel was Joel was had one of those days. Just a typical Joel day, really.
1: Yeah, um, Joel. was Joel.
0: Yeah, I think he got the got the whole shot in the first moto, and he was second Both. in. He was second, I think, in the second moto, right? Because Thomas led for uh, a couple laps. Um, I s-
1: I just actually watched that racer TV. I think Joel got the whole shot, but, like, the third corner before you go down that straightaway. You're right. Yep, Yep. you're right. He, like, blew a berm, and then Thomas got by him.
0: You're right. So, yeah, but then Thomas went on to lead a couple laps, and he looked really good. And, you know, like, speed-wise, Chad, I mean, I feel like he had the speed. Um, I think that their that their lap times were pretty similar, and even in time qualifying, like they were within like two or three tenths of a second. I mean, it was it was very close, but yeah. Chad just did not get the starts that he needed. You know, he was he was uh, again his speed was there, at least a challenge, mm-hmm. no doubt, but he just didn't get the starts he needed. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, we've said it before on this podcast, but when when Joel gets a, a start or is right up at the front, I mean, he's so hard to beat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially Loretta's. That's not the track that I think Chad wants to get a bad hole shot at, not being a real wide track. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a technical track. It got rough, but uh, it'd be a hard track to pass on and make up time when you're trying to chase down Joel.
0: Yeah, you know, but the one thing I will say about that is, you know, I left Loretta's thinking that that was probably one of the raciest tracks we've had all year like yeah because we go to these big national like dirt bike tracks and they're so spread out and there's maybe so few obstacles that like loretta's i mean i feel like and you've been there when it develops this way but like in some corners there's like three or four different lines yeah it's pretty rough so it almost that roughness almost makes it technical like there were sections where i was literally like jumping braking bumps like from one Mm breaking bump to another like over some i mean so it was a pretty racy track and um that's sometimes what is really crazy to me, how Joel and Chad can be so close in speed, yet they have such different riding styles. One's kind of on the edge. One's, you know, almost like flowing. You got one who's a little guy, one who's a big guy, one's a Yamaha, one's a Honda. Like, And then at the end of the day, they're just so close in so many, yeah. so many ways on the racetrack. Um, it's, 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 it's something that's blown my mind for years, how close they are, but how different they are.
1: Yeah, that's uh, you, you know, that one. Uh, it is pretty crazy how close in times they are. And I was going to say I haven't been to Loretta's in a while, so you guys are running that back section of the track too, right? Yeah, and I've certainly. never ran. I'm pretty sure I've never ran that, so I couldn't. I don't know what Loretta's is racing like. Not running that It used to be the pro am production pro section. They called it that used back to when be. Raced.
0: Yeah, that used to be, yeah. and, and we used to do the billboard, and now the billboard is the only pro section. So now you go like that section, you know, right along the start. And now, really? yeah, so now you go over the finish line. There's like a triple and a little step-up double thing, and then you go all okay. the way into the woods, you know, grab fifth gear and go into the woods.
1: Hmm. Amateurs yeah. do that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and the pros are the only ones that go down and make that, that, that 90 section. or 180? Yep. yep, exactly. Okay. Well, that kind of stinks, because that was like a uh... – not like a, it's iconic like everyone ran that it's yeah.
0: iconic but that storyland section is really fun and it's like pretty technical and there's like some jumps back there and stuff so a couple of good passing points so um but yeah so so you know those those two um just didn't get a chance to like throw down at uh at Loretta's. And you know us fans of the sport, you got to kind of hope that that is something that can happen at Crawfordsville. Um, but before we move on to Crawfordsville, you know I got to mention Thomas too because man, he's kept it going. Like I've been on the show a handful of times saying that this has been his best season yet, and I mean I, it's almost like he found something more for Loretta's because he was a guy who sometimes struggles maybe with his starts.
1: Um, he's been dialed, man. He was right lately.
0: there. Like he was right there. in both of them, like you said, maybe he didn't get the whole shot in the second moto, but he was right there and then was able to capitalize when Joel made a little mistake and man in Thomas, um, I think probably in both motos was, uh, stayed in, you know, in second for at least half of that moto before he gave way to Chad. So, um, man, Thomas is right in the mix and at Ironman, he could play spoiler.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I I, I want to see some good racing. I will hopefully we see Chad and Thomas and, uh, Chad, Thomas, and Joel go at it, you know, all three. I just want to see a good race. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Thomas in front of the both of them pull a whole shot and see what he can do, especially with that kind of a crowd there you got the dirt bikes and stuff like that i think everyone's going to want to show out and uh put on a show
0: well and thomas is one of those guys um he talks about like for the quad cross of nations how you know he's so prideful and i think that he's the kind of guy that at a race like this a one-off you know i know it's for points but it's still a different kind of race with the dirt bikes and He's the kind of guy that's gonna really want to show something on behalf of the ATV motocross community. That I wouldn't be surprised if you know Thomas, because again, like those other two guys, there's big time pressure. It's basically winner take all. And for Thomas, man, he's just he's just there without any pressure, trying to show out. So I think he's a guy that's
1: third place locked up. Exactly. Yeah. Championship probably. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully he goes big.
0: That'd I think cool. I think he could for sure. So, Joel went one one. Chad went two two. Thomas went three three. Four four was Brandon Hogue, and um, he was making some late moto moves in both motos, I believe. And he qualified second, which was uh, pretty, Crazy. yeah, pretty. Saying pretty impressive doesn't even give him enough credit. So um, he is sleepy throughout the year he's like sleepy turned into a pretty much a top five guy and as yeah. a rookie that's pretty impressive um and now he's 12 points ahead of alan Myers going into the last motos here for rookie of the year so um i mean he's
1: clearly pretty healthy gap
0: it, he's clearly the odds on favorite as long as he doesn't have you know some kind of mechanical issue
1: yeah i have to agree i think if he keeps riding the way he does uh that'd be his rookie of the year to take home and uh a good one too. A podium, uh, multiple top fives. Yeah,
0: for sure. He's had a really good uh, year. I mean, to have a podium uh, like second that. Second
1: top. Of him. Yeah, yeah. We could, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's
1: we, a that's a good rookie year.
0: We'd be happy to welcome him to the to the rookie of the year club.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So he went four four. Create very impressive day and Janusa um, coming off his. Um, his top three, his first podium ever at Redbud. He got a five-five on the weekend, so not too bad for him either. Um, just, just, just couldn't get over the hump like he did at Redbud, but was still another typical, consistent, impressive Janusa type of day with a five-five.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably had to fight through the pack from the, some of the videos I seen. I think there was a GoPro. It didn't look like he got the best of start, so he had his work cut out for him to get up to the top five. So. You know he's always riding hard to get where he's going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean he's a he's a guy that charges till the very end. So um, so yeah. So he got he. So that that was your top five. Like I said, they were all consistent with the finishes between motos, but uh, more battling than than what the results at the end of the day show. Another noteworthy kind of performance was Jeffrey, who you know he came out just before Loretta's and um, announced that he knows what's going on with his body he's been um he's been diagnosed with the epstein-barr virus which is actually like a form of mono um just in a very serious Mm -hmm. form Mm -hmm. which is normally brought on from maybe overworking and um the only way to cure or to get back healthy from having epstein-barr is to literally lock yourself in the house for like a few months and just literally do nothing let your body recoup from that well you know, it's very commendable that he's continuing to fight through this. He wants to be out there for his sponsors, for his fans. And um, the one thing I will say, and I give him so much credit, is, you know, I got hurt, um, I think, in 2016 when I broke my back. I broke some bones in my back and broke my eye socket mm-hmm. and uh, broke my ankle. In
1: Texas, right?
0: Yeah. And I – raced through that and at the time, and I'm not saying I would have changed anything, but you know, it really wears on you when you go out there week after week and you're not able to ride like yourself, your mind, Mm -hmm. your mind is going faster than your body will allow you to go. And that's just, it's almost like embarrassing because you have a standard and Jeffrey's standard is far different than what my standard was at the time. But when I was finishing, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th, I knew I was better than that but my body was only letting me go that fast. And I think that that's where Jeffrey's at. He's still able to qualify. Well, he's still able to go fast at the beginning of the motos, but by the end of the race, his body just is giving out on him. And, um, you know, again, that's a, that's a feeling that man, like I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because again, it's embarrassing. And, you know, all of us on the outside, give him a ton of credit, but you as mm-hmm. a competitor it's like this is this is where this is you tough, know yeah. it you know you're better than that and you're not able to show it
1: yeah yeah i got to give him credit cuz that sucks all around i know how fast he can go and what he what he's capable of so i know i know it's killing him not being in the top 3 and being one of them top guys and i still consider him a top guy cuz i mean he's sick on a quad so That's cool. He's still going along and trying to get his points and finish out strong. I wouldn't see him to be a person that would quit ever. I know he's always going to be at every race. He's always going to show up to a moto. So that's never a question, but it definitely sucks. And, uh, I feel for him too.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's the, that's again, that's like the, the thing is it's a shame because this was his, you know, we've said that it's, Ben Thomas's best season well this was Jeffrey's best season to, to until he started to feel the effects of the Epstein bar because mm-hmm. he you know was really strong at Daytona he was dicing it up at the first time we went to Crawfordsville he was kind of at his peak during that Crawfordsville to um, south of the border time he was literally in the mix for you know leading motos moto wins constant podium and then everything started to dwindle after that and now we finally know what's going on so um again yeah. jeffrey russelli's got the, the epstein-barr virus but um nobody he's he, he's he's the way he's going about it and fighting through it and continuing to show up even though he's not at 100 percent. nobody will ever question his heart
1: yeah yeah and like you said with that epstein-barr you, the best thing to do is just rest. It's hard to go out to a track and then when well, all these other guys have been training and doing their usual to, you know, have to compete with that when you really can't go as hard as you want to off right. the track or in between races. So right, it's almost at an uphill battle on that.
0: Exactly. You know, before he even announced exactly what it was, but we kinda had a gut feeling that it was Epstein Barr like, no matter what you mm-hmm. know, the actual issue was. And um you know, before he even told me what it was, I asked him if it was mental. And I didn't mean, like, is it in your head? I meant, like, yeah. you know, in when you start the race, is it in your head, like – Knowing, hey, maybe I shouldn't go as hard as possible because at the end of the moto, I'm going to be exhausted because my body is literally not up to snuff, and that's mm-hmm. what I had meant by that. Well, he's week in and week out, he's putting in killer laps and time qualifying. He's going as hard as he can at the end, at the beginning of the moto, and you know if he runs out of gas at the end, he runs out. Kind of similar, like you know we've seen tons of dirt bike guys with Epstein Barr, Travis Pastrana, um, Chad Reed. I mean, tons of guys have dropped out with. Epstein yes. Bar before Chad's uh I'm sorry, Jeffrey is fighting through it and um it's just one of those things that he's powering through and most people sit out when they got Epstein Bar and he's just continuing to show up, which again is such a commendable thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I hope I hope he uh can get rid of that soon, hopefully before next season he can get, have a good off season and get back to where he is hundred percent come back next season.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think what's going to happen is uh after Crawfordsville here, after Ironman on this upcoming Friday, I mean, he's going to literally have to lock himself in the house for, you know – a month, two months, three months, and just get back to being healthy. And um, if he does that, he'll be back right back to where he needs to be. It's a shame that he's not going to be 100% for Crawfordsville because the first Crawfordsville race at Ironman, he was really, really strong. And I believe he came away with a second overall um, behind Chad. So that's a shame, but, you know, maybe he can get out there and get a dream ride. And, um, again, yeah. he's going to go out there and give it everything he has. So uh, exciting to see you know what comes of that but another huge huge basically storyline at uh loretta's there was um bryce ford coming off of oh yeah coming off of winning pro-am he won open pro sport and uh kind of there was no news coming into the weekend until we get there and all of a sudden boom the 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 bomb drops, on. the bomb drops, there's a number four on his Balden bike, and uh yeah, new number, new class, and Bryce Ford was making his pro debut.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool, I wasn't expecting that, I, you were the, I think you texted me a picture of his bike, or one of the posts that Digging Deep put on Instagram, because I hadn't been on my phone, and I got that text, and I was like, no way, are you serious? And I was pumped because I wanted to see how he was going to do because I like when you guys jump up in the class and there's been all this news and uh, all this commotion around his name that he's fast and he's going to make some noise. So I was like, what better what better weekend to do it when the t- top two guys are going for a championship and you got this young kid coming in here who wants to be on the podium just as bad and show what he's got. Yeah, and you know, I think – a... Go ahead. Uh, seeing him rock that number four on the Baldwin bike kind of brought back memories of, like, Tim Farr. Yeah. So, that I, was you kind know, of cool.
0: I almost thought, I'm like, man, I wonder if that was kind of some of the motivation. Like, I know he's been 44. I know he's been 44. That's Chad's number. He needed to change it. So maybe just dropping one of those fours um, makes sense. But, like, being a Baldwin rider and seeing, like you said, that number four, Just brings you right back to Tim Farr and like that legendary number four on the Honda. And it's just, uh, it's cool to see a number four back out there in the pro class again. So, you know, Bryce, Bryce, I can't remember a time that a rider went pro and it was like all eyes are on this
1: kid. Cody Gibson. Other than Cody Gibson, probably just I was Bryce
0: I was going to say going back or Joel. to that's exactly what I was going to say. You're going back to Cody Gibson or Joel Hatrick, and now you're almost exactly yeah. you're almost talking ten years ago. So it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a long time. So it, I know people weren't talking about us or Brett Music or all the other guys that moved up behind us when we moved up. We were just thrown up in there, and this kid's going up in there trying to make a name right off
0: the rip absolutely you know he I don't know exactly like how it went um I know that there was times in time qualifying there where he was in the top three he was in the top five he was right in the mix he ended up seventh in time qualifying and uh again like as a rookie who's never he's never done time qualifying before when you or I were in pro-am we time qualified Mm -hmm. he's never done that before so um That was very impressive. I know that you know him being, um, you know, being under the tutelage of Thomas Brown. You know, they they practice this whole being a pro thing. I'm sure they practice time qualifying and they practice sprint laps and they practice motos and hole shots and this that and the other thing. But um, he actually got. Exactly, exactly. It's a totally different animal when you're out there with 17 other guys going as fast as you can trying to turn laps and uh very impressive that he was able to pull off, you know, that seventh place time qualifying spot. And, you know, all mm-hmm. year, all year, because he's been so impressive in pro-am, I think everybody just wanted to see where he would, you know, finish or where he would stack up in the pro class. And, uh, you know, we kind of saw a glimpse of that in his very first time on the track with these pros
1: yeah i I mean I didn't get to watch the time qualifying I just seen the Times, but how did he look out there did he look look pretty fast
0: yeah oh yeah, he looked fast and um, I was in the tower there in the media tower, and like everybody around me is like, you know where's bryce ford where's bryce ford where what what place is he in you know what I mean so like i said i can't cool. rem- I can't remember it's like when a rookie like a not a rookie phenom, but when an amateur phenom goes pro the first mm-hmm. name, for whatever reason, that popped into my head was Adam Cincirillo, who was a uh, amateur legend, and then he goes mm-hmm. pro, and everybody's got the got the eyes on him. The other name that went to instantly went to mind and it was just one of those things I'm sitting there watching him on the track and I'm watching all the people talk about him and I thought Mike Alessi because those are the people that have been around since you know way back then in 2004 when he went pro Believe the Hype and all the Believe the Hype shirts and that was the saying well that was just what it made me think of because you saw this kid that Man, like all eyes were on him. Even though there's a championship mm-hmm. battle, even though there's all this, all these great guys out there and whatever, everybody wanted to see what Bryce Ford was going to do.
1: Yeah, that makes for uh, another exciting part of the race. And it's unfortunate he didn't end up getting to go out and race. But uh, hopefully, at Crawfordsville, we'll get to see what he's got for everybody.
0: I think so. I think so. So what happened was, is he qualified top seven, and then when the motors came around, he. Uh, he was nowhere to be found, um so I think you know they had him it sounded like they had a mechanical in the second time qualifying and yeah. uh, and he just didn't get a chance to go out there for the motos
1: yeah, and from what I heard from a friend that a half of the reason or some of the reason why they decided not to end up pushing the issue to get that stuff switched out was because of all the pressure one had with all of his other riders with Jeffrey thomas, Cody Ford having to switch out another motor in between all that just would have been like probably a little bit much for Mark. And, uh and he got his feet wet with the time qualifying and stuff. So why push it, you know, Absolutely. he's got nothing to prove in the pro class yet. And he's got another race to do it. Absolutely. So I think they kind of just pulled the reins back.
0: Yeah. We know that, you know, Mark's got a lot on his plate and I think that that's a pretty commendable uh move on Ford's part on, you know, maybe it's, Um, On Mark's behalf, but it's pretty commendable because like you just said, Cody, Thomas and uh, and Jeffrey, I mean, Mark's got a full slate already. And, you know, maybe it'd be different if that would have been the very last race of the year. But Bryce yeah. kind of, it's baby steps, right? So he, you know, he was on a 250 last year. He moves up at the end of the last season. This year he dominates both pro-am and pro-sport on his way to both titles. And then now he got his baby steps. He's um, done time qualifying, kind of knows what it's like to be out there on the track with these guys. And now we're going into Crawfordsville at Ironman and – uh you know, hopefully, um, we're going to see him race both motos as well. So yeah, good move on, on, on Ford's part. Like I said, it's an honorable move and, uh, but it's definitely looking forward to seeing the number four out there for gate drops, um, at Crawfordsville.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be cool to see. Is that going to be any live footage at all? Do you know? You know, I don't know that. I don't
0: know that. Um, but I would assume with all the hype that's going on, I mean, even if it's not like an organized thing, um
1: Someone's gonna be taping.
0: Somebody's gonna be live streaming it. I mean there's you're gonna be able to find it one way or another. And maybe maybe even Rodney will do his live quad radio thing.
1: Oh, on the eScore and stuff like that you can listen to. Yeah, yeah that would be nice. That would be nice. What time do you guys race on Friday?
0: So the so the racing they time qualify at noon. And they race at 230 and 430. So by five o'clock on Friday we'll have crowned a champion.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, hopefully we get rained out that day. I wanna be I wanna be glued to my phone. <laughs> I wanna be able to watch that shit.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of we co- we kind of covered everything that happened at Loretta's. Um so now that means the only that that means amateur racing is done. All that's left is the the pro only um event coming up at, at Ironman like we've been talking about. That's on Friday in conjunction with the, uh, the pro motocross dirt bike weekend there. And, uh, you know. The first race at at Ironman was probably the craziest race of the year. You know, you got to remember when we went into that race, Joel Hetrick was the points leader, Thomas was second, Chad was third. And at that race, oh, yeah, at that, you know, it's it's that's been so long ago, it's hard to it's hard to um yeah, remember that. that, right? But coming mm-hmm. into that race is the last time uh, Joel had the red plate. Well, now we're coming into Crawfordsville again. Joel just got the red plate back, but, you know, things could change. I mean, Crawfordsville was topsy turvy last time, and uh, leaving that race, Joel went on to go DNF, DNF. Chad went 1 1. And, uh, I mean, Chad's down five points. He needs to go 1 1. To guarantee the title he needs a perfect day to win the championship
1: yeah that's going to be tough because yeah, that's going to be real tough
0: right because you know that's a six point gap if he goes one one that's six points he wins the championship by one but at that last Crawfordsville race I mean he was getting hole shots he was winning motos and uh I mean he's going to need that perfect day again
1: yeah yeah I'm wondering if they're gonna find any more power out of that thing for this race. Maybe not even chance it.
0: The only thing, yeah. Well, you got to go for broke now because it's basically winner take all. You know, I mean, if Joel Hetrick even wins the first moto, then it makes it so he can finish, you know, top three easy. He can let Chad go. Chad needs to go for broke. He needs to win the first moto, and then then that second moto truly is winner take all. But that's why it's going to be so exciting to watch because. I mean, this is for all the marbles. There's only one-time qualifier, which
1: is a little oh, different.
0: Really? And I believe there's amateur bike practice most of Great. that day.
1: So <laughs> Yeah, so the track's going to be whooped.
0: Well, so we mentioned that in, in previous episodes, we mentioned that the track is going to be totally different. It's not going to be the Crawfordsville Ironman track that, that Joel normally dominates. Highway, it's, yeah. it's not going to be a highway. It's not going to be blue grooved. It's not going to be what we've all seen Joel Hedrick dominate on. Mm
2: -hmm. I don't
0: know what it's going to be like with, I mean, you got to assume that there's going to be some dirt bike ruts. You got to assume that it's going to be deeper because, and and there might be less race lines than normal because again, you don't have hundreds of quads on the track like a normal national weekend. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it all goes down, but it's going to be a different Ironman track than we're used to. That's the only part that's not in question.
1: Yeah, hopefully – you said they got the bikes practicing. Hopefully they do some track maintenance before the pro motos for you guys and uh, give us – or give the guys, like, a track that they're used to riding on and it ain't totally just bike ruts and something they haven't been racing on all year because we want to see something good. We don't want to see a one lined track that – no fun. I mean, I want I want this to be, you know, a big race. So, yeah. and, and, and so the quads can show all the bike side of things, like, what they can do. With four wheels.
0: I think there's no doubt that you got a lot of guys on that starting line that are really going to want to show out for ATVs. Um, You have a lot of those guys that want, um, that are out for the betterment of ATVs as a whole, not just the betterment of themselves. So I do think you're going to see those guys that are maybe they're even going to try to get a little more racy, try to, you know, race a little harder, with the exception of the top two guys because they're going for broke, but, mm-hmm. um, the rest of that class could be a little more racy because I mean, let's face it, like people literally talk about that steel city ATV event with the dirt bikes. That was 12 years yeah. ago. They still, to this day, think, uh, talk about that, um, and talk it up that this could be another event that they do the same thing with. Um, so, um, that's it's gonna, what our
1: sport needs.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to, kind of see what happens, see what the racing is like. The only thing that I think fitness may be a little bit less of a, of a separator because I got to believe it's not going to be as rough as normal because dirt bike rough isn't ATV rough, you know? So I think that you, I mean, whether they groom or not, it's not going to be rough. Mm -hmm. Like, like we're used to like normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes think dirt bike, me personally, I hate riding in dirt bike ruts. So
0: I get that, but it's not it's as whooped. Opposite. It's not as whooped,
1: you know what I oh, mean? Oh, like braking bumps and stuff yeah, like that? Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I still like hard-packed. Oh, so I'll do still I. go with that.
0: Yeah, so do I. Well, you're a hard-packed <laughs> legend, but...
1: Yeah, man, I wish.
0: But, uh, yeah, so like I said, you know, that last last Ironman race was... Uh, that was the day that the whole series kind of changed. And now we're back. We're kind of back to right where we were last time. And, um, Joel Hatrick's going to be hoping that that same thing, you know, doesn't happen again. Um, yeah, as
1: 2018.
0: Absolutely. Well, no, as 2019 earlier this season is when all that oh.
1: changed. Oh, okay. I was referring to last, Last year at Loretta is what happened.
0: Oh right, 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 right. When yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, chain. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just don't. Yeah, we don't. I don't want to see nothing like that happen to either one of them. I want to see straight up racing between the two.
0: Absolutely, nobody wants to see it decided on a mechanical. Um, yeah. But you know, like I said, we came down to this last race, and uh, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of winner take all. So. Um, going to be really interesting to see and you know there's a bunch of other riders that are going to you know jump into the mix um, we know that Bryce Ford kind of started his pro debut at Loretta's, but he's going to make his full-on pro debut as far as racing the motos this weekend. Logan Stanfield was on earlier in in our episodes here, saying that he's going to go pro here at Ironman. Jacob Ste- say, Jacob yeah, Stevens, cool. Jacob Stevens is jumping in the pro class. Brogan Geyer, Troy Hill, and uh, Noah Mickelson. Really? Yeah, Noah Mickelson, all those guys. So we're going to have, you know, we're going to have six new pros. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting at Loretta's. There was eighteen guys. Um, oh,
1: oh, okay. So we have a full gate then. hopefully.
0: Well, there's gonna be eighteen guys. That means there's twenty four that are gonna try to qualify. That means that there's gonna be guys that are gonna be racing just to make it.
1: I can't remember the last time that that happened.
0: It was <laughs> the last the last time I believe that that would have happened was one of the years you and I started the season at um, Daytona. I think it
1: was twenty. 20- Oh well, Daytona in 2013 we had to qualify. I think at Alanya Pass also. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, I know it that there was a, was a super
1: a, muddy. One of qualifier. those.
0: One of those years at Daytona, and re, yeah. now, now remember they only take 16 to the Se- main at yes. Daytona. But there was like 24 or 25 guys. There was, you know, there was like seven or eight guys that didn't make the main.
1: Yeah, I, I got the last spot. I was the only <laughs> one that lined up behind someone on the gate. I, I lined up, I think, behind Chad. Oh, and really? I was so nervous. Yeah, because I almost would go all the way down to Daytona. I'm in the last chance qualifier. I had to pass <laughs> Preston Young on the last lap. And uh, I just remember, man, if I go all the way down to Daytona and I got to go home, not even race in the main, my mom and dad are going to be so pissed. <laughs> you and, know, I, uh, I, that, go ahead. But well, luckily, I got to make it to the main. Then when we go to the gates, then they say, well, there's only spots for 15 claws. And I was like, well, shit. I gotta go behind someone. I've never done that before either. And I'm not a good hole shotter to begin with. So I thought I'm gonna go behind Chad and just when his tires move, I'm moving. And I still don't think I came out good, but uh yeah, that's cool that they got to qualify. That makes it more interesting and puts more weight on the time qualifier.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that about making it at Daytona because I often thought the exact same thing. I'm like, man, I can't come all the way down here and not make it. And uh, the last time...
1: Well, it was such a spar drive. But-
0: yeah, I seem to always do really well, especially in the qualifier, so it was never an issue. Um, but the last year... The last year I ran pro in 2017 I was running and I was making the pass for second and uh, me and um, maybe it was Sepsi maybe it was Sepsi or me and uh, Brett Musig. I can't remember who but I was making the pass for second and then I got I blew a berm we got stuck in a berm and I you know I finished outside of a qualifying spot. And, uh, I, yeah, I had to do the same thing. I made it through the LCQ or whatever. And, uh, and I had to start behind somebody on the start. Really? I'm like, yeah, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did that, that last time. Otherwise, I was really good. I was always so nervous about not making it that I think, like, I subconsciously got a good hole shot because of it and put it right in the yeah. main. And, like, those are some of my highlights of, like, almost my pro racing career was getting seconds and thirds in my qualifiers at Daytona. Like, yeah. I was super pumped you got about second, that. second,
1: didn't you? you I, got,
0: I got second once and I got third once. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: what, what's what. Screw me, because I remember watching your guys' heat, and I think Chad and Josh Upperman got in a tangle-up, so I had to go to a freaking LCQ with Upperman and Weenan.
0: I remember that, and I yeah. Do,
1: and, for, and that's why I was so bummed before that, uh, before that LCQ. I think I took a nap, and I'd never do that. I was so bummed, <laughs> I thought, man, I might be going home. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, fucking Cody got second? I'm playing this LCQ against all these guys, but yeah, it, it worked out good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we we made her in, but it was definitely uh, definitely sweating it. So I'm sure that some of those rookies this weekend are probably going to be feeling the same way. Um, oh, they
1: should be sweating it. So they so we be. yeah so we
0: so we know how uh, they feel. Um, so yeah, those rookies um, because you you know how what happens when a rookie goes pro. Like a lot of times, you'll see even in the dirt bike side of things, you'll see them get a good hole shot, kind of be up in the mix, and then they see what that pace is like, because um, they're coming in off doing well in pro am, and you know they got momentum and uh, they want to mix it up with the big boys. Um, you know they mm-hmm. could easily be a wild card, at especially at the beginning of those races. And one thing that's almost always a wild card at Crawfordsville is the weather. But it looks yes. like looks like this this friday this week um it might not be a wild card this weekend it looks like there's going to be a high pressure system over the area almost all week it looks like it should be dry and um, looks like friday should be dry and you know in the in the mid to upper 70s and sunny so um hopefully yeah hopefully weather's not a factor because we don't want to see that for the finale
1: no no it better knock on wood now um but yeah, and especially being in front of the bikes, we want to be able to put on a show. You don't want to be in a mud race; that would just kind of stink overall. I agree. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed, it's dry, dry and sunny all weekend.
0: Hey, it looks like it should be good all week. It looks like conditions should shape up. I'm not always one to look at the forecast way in advance, but being that it's supposed to be nice pretty much all week through the weekend, um, you got to believe that that high-pressure system is going to sit there, and we should be kind of clear sailing for good racing on Friday. So, like I said, it's going to be really exciting to see how it all plays out, especially with those new guys in the mix and all the championship battles at the top and um, all this stuff. You know, the racing is at... You know, like I said, the, they qualify at noon, they race at uh, two thirty and four thirty. So, you know, by five o'clock, we'll have a champion to crown on Friday.
1: Amen. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. That'll be hopefully. I don't know.
0: It's been it's been I'm one excited. of it's, and I think you even mentioned it to me probably uh, previously on another episode, but. It's been a lot of fun to kind of put the podcast into motion and talk racing this year because it's been some of the best racing and one of the best seasons I can remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially from the points uh and the red plates swapping back and forth so many times, or not so many times, but in the ways that they have exactly switched hands. Yep. Um that's always interesting. And then you got the rookies making noise. Uh and you said there's six give me six new rookies at this race.
0: Yeah, six new rookies, including Bryce Ford, that was at
1: Loretta's. So, I got to ask, who do you think is going to be the top place in rookie?
0: Oh, I think you'd have to say either Bryce Ford or Logan Stanfield. Yeah. Um, Only, nobody nobody he... doubts Bryce's speed. Um. Mm-hmm. But Logan trains every day with Alan Myers. Alan Myers is right in that mix for rookie of the year. And I kind of foresee Logan kind of well, kind of pace. he'll he'll he knows that pace, but I kind of see him finishing maybe in that same realm right around with where Alan is. I could see him,
1: yeah,
0: I could see him finishing in the top 10 in this first race, and it would not be a surprise to me.
1: Yeah, my only worry with that is he's switching to a Yamaha. I don't know how much he's been training on it and riding it. Training, riding, racing, totally uh, different. And then so, he jumping into the pro class. So. so he
0: just started riding the machine. Um, he just started I riding just, the machine. He was finishing up his his season um, in Pro-Am on the hybrid, and then he was going to start messing with the Yamaha after that. But, um, mm-hmm. again, I just I think... His fitness and his you know, his ability is something that isn't in doubt and I, I could easily see him just kind of fitting in looking like a regular almost. What what do you think? Who would you pick?
1: Uh I'm going Bryce Ford for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think uh, he's a good hole shotter. And I think we've seen he can qualify well. I think if he gets a top ten qualifying spot he gets a good spot to gate. And uh I think even if he comes out in the top 10, he'll be able to work his way forward a little bit or a couple spots at least.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's, I guess, why I was was a little – it was anticlimactic at Loretta's because I just wanted to see – you know, he's been so aggressive with his racing. He's looked like he's had another gear than those Pro-Am guys, and I just wanted to see him be racy with some of those pros. You know, I wanted to see what it looks like. Because we've seen yeah. him, we've basically seen him racing guys that haven't been his speed. I want to see mm-hmm. what it's like to see him race other guys that are going the same pace as him.
1: Yeah, I want to see him, what, he, what he, how fast he goes when he gets pushed. Because I don't think he was really pushed this season at all. No disrespect to the Pro-Am guys, but I just feel like once he got out front, he put it on cruise control. And it was almost like when Chad was winning all those championships for a while, you never seen Chad really push it until later years. Yep. And then you got to see him and uh that'll be cool seeing what Bryce can do.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, so I'm really excited to see that and uh it's just, again, it's just another another uh you know, kind of thing to watch when we had the Iron Man here.
1: So Yeah, it'll be good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, because it's kind of the, one of the talks in ATV motocross right now is Joel Hetrick. And he, you know, he announced earlier, um, actually on the live show at Redbud, he announced that he was going to be riding that hybrid quad. You know, what do you, yeah. what do you think about that? He kind of posted some pictures about it in the last couple of weeks here. And, uh, it's kind of a mean looking machine. What do you think we can expect um, from him being on a hybrid?
1: I think that thing's sick. Uh I was I was I was checking that thing out pretty cool. Even the, the, the cases that you see like the Honda logos are red, white, and blue. It looked yeah. like it came from Factory Honda. The thing looked clean. Yeah. Um I don't know if I like that thing on the swing arm. I don't what is that? I don't on know on the swing arm. I don't know. I thought the same yeah, thing. That was goofy. It looked like a tank. See, I um, think that
0: I, I'm assuming what that is is something for regulation for that race over there.
1: You, okay. know, I, you know, you yeah, know they, they have
0: they have other rules. They have...
1: Yeah, you know, and he's uh, running a different exhaust, too, for the sound, because they'd be a little bit lower decibels, I believe. Yep. Right? Yep. So, yeah, I think it's going to be sick. I would imagine it's going to be faster than the race bike that he's riding now, and that's just scary. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, you so watch... So I'm expecting shots.
0: Yeah, you watch him ride sometimes, and, and him and any of those top guys, but you watch him, and it's, like, hard to fathom you could go any faster. And, uh... Yeah, it's it's going to be impressive to see him on a machine like that for sure.
1: Yeah, I was I was hoping he'd put some videos out of him like test riding it before he went over there because I don't know if I want to wait that long to see it ridden. Yeah,
0: I'm assuming you have to believe that he's been testing one, um, but obviously keeping it under the got two
1: two of them with the CRF motor in it too. I saw that. I, I seen.
0: I saw that. Yeah. So be it'd be interesting yeah, to see sweet. yeah those those rip it up films videos are going to get a lot of uh, a lot of numbers
1: <laughs> oh oh yeah that's for sure yeah i'm excited to see that hey, yeah definitely gotta get some videos of that thing ripping
0: absolutely so i feel like we pretty much covered everything that we need to know heading into iron man um you got anything else on your on your plate that you can think of that we need to cover here
1: um, I gotta say congratulations to you on your 2019 championship. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Congrats on the plus 25. How to make it. that drive home from Loretta's a lot better. Yeah. So I know you've been working your ass off all year, so I'm glad I bet that feels super good.
0: Yeah, it did. You know, it's, uh, it was a tough, it was a pretty tough season just cause like, it seemed like we won or we had some kind of issue that maybe held us back, you know, I won four overalls, but, you know, we won, you know, 11 of the 16 possible motos, so, I mean, we were we were pretty darn good, but, yeah, at Redbud, I got a rock caught in my rotor and kind of went for a ride down the backside of the Monza wall, and um, at that, like, point in time, I, I thought it was over, you know, I was leading, and that's what I needed to do to kind of put the ball back in my court, and... We had that issue, and I came off the track, and, dude, I got back to the pits, and, like, I cried. You know, I had tears in my yeah, eyes because I, I thought it was over. And, you know, I spend spend all the blood, sweat, and tears I have, you know, spend money I don't have to go to the races and do this and do what I love. And uh, I thought it was over, so I knew that the only thing I could do at Redbud was win the second moto and kind of see how it played out. Um, I dominated the second moto, and the way it played out, it actually shook out that I – after making as many passes as I could on Saturday, I actually ended up with third overall by winning that second moto, and that kept me alive. Um, so basically, Loretta's was a winner-take-all race, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we we went one-one. We had the perfect day, which is exactly what we needed, and won the overall, and uh, ended up winning the championship by one point. So um, that feels really, really good. You know, I got, a, I got to um, just mention that Michael Allred um, was there on Thursday, and he left. It must have been Friday morning. They got a call that his fiancé's father had passed away. Um, so that was a real, Damn. real shame. When I heard the news, I was actually, like, sick to my stomach. Um,
1: yeah. That's
0: that's horrible. I I then i you know i got to shoot him a message and just tell him that we were thinking about him and wishing him and his family the best um you know there's things that are bigger than racing and you know that was bigger than Mm -hmm. racing so i gotta mention we had a blast i had a blast racing him this year and uh man, he, he won his one A-class championship. I'm glad he got that because he deserved it. He was racing me hard for the plus 25 championship. And, you know, every time I kind of had an issue with the bike or an issue on the track, you know, he was able to capitalize. He was real consistent. I think he was first or he was, he was first in all the races, you know, we kind of had an issue. Every time I had a problem, he capitalized and he finished second to me every other race. So, um, you know, he, he kept, me as i mean we were dicing it up for the championship and at at loretta's i mean whether he got second or whether he didn't show up i had to win and if the way that the drops worked if i won i won the championship um he didn't get you know we didn't get to duke it out at that last race um again because you know he he lost a loved one there and um Mm -hmm. i just wanted to be able to mention that uh you know we were praying for and wishing him and his family the best. But I wanna give him a lot of credit because uh he raced us real hard and um yeah, you know, we got it done at Loretta's and won the championship by uh by that one point there and man, I was I was overcome with emotion on the podium and it's all the stuff that I work for and um that was really special for me but also i just wanted to uh give him some credit and also wish him and his family the best and uh again sometimes things happen that make racing feel small and um you know that was one of those times but uh yeah we won the championship ride home was great um been uh been a little bit on cloud nine ever since then i was trying really really hard really hard i mean I can't tell you how hard. I was trying to pull together racing the pro class at uh, Ironman this upcoming weekend. Um, I just – I basically exhausted my whole budget chasing this championship and um, – You know, and doing what we had to do to get that championship done. It seemed by the end of the season to go to Loretta's, I was scraping pennies together to go. Um, So, I am a little heartbroken. Like, I'm I'm legitimately sad about not uh, being able to pull off the Ironman thing because I'd really like to throw my name back in the hat there. I think we can clearly finish in the top ten in the pro class. So we'll see how everything plays out for next year. I don't know what we're going to run. It kind of all depends on support and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, I really wanted to throw some blue backgrounds on my quad and go race Crawfordsville. Um, but, uh, that's okay. You know, maybe we can get back there another time. And, uh, we got the, yeah, we got that national championship. That's what we really worked for. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to pull this whole thing together for Crawfordsville. And, you know, my parents, my dad even said to me, like, all this pressure you're putting on yourself is just from yourself. You know, it's just because mm-hmm. you want to get out there and do it for yourself. So um he basically said, you know, what was meant to happen was you win that championship at Loretta's and, you know, kind of count your blessings and – uh you know, enjoy, yeah, enjoy, and cherish yeah. that. So I appreciate. I appre- I got a little long winded there. I appreciate you uh, giving me the, the that credit, and uh, we worked really hard for it. And um, after coming pretty close last year and coming up a little short to Nick Mosier, it was good to to win that championship this year. And you know. It was like it was like when your back's against the wall and you need to win Game Six and Game Seven, and that's basically <clears throat> right. kind of where we were. And it's almost like that makes it a little sweeter, you know. The yeah, last yeah. the last national championship I won, um, I basically won every race and had wrapped it up a you know a handful of races early, and um, so this one came down to the wire. And there's really no no better feeling than kind of kind of getting it done at the end, you know.
1: Oh, for sure. Every pass counted that year, for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I appreciate every, it.
1: Every pass, every point.
0: I appreciate
1: it. Hey, no problem, buddy.
0: We made her happen, and uh, grateful for that. So, you got anything else? We we got uh, got lots to look forward to, and uh, those next oh, couple yeah. days coming up to Crawfordsville, you know, all those all the new rookies, all the championship battles, naming a rookie of the year. I mean, there's just so many things that uh, that are going to be really exciting.
1: Um, that's for sure. But I was going to ask you while before we go, uh, who do you think is bringing home the championship? At one point, Joel's winning right now. Oh, wait, Joel's up by five. Yep, who Joel's do you think's going to win? I'm putting you on the spot. <sighs> I'll give it's... you my answer right now.
0: Okay. Give me my answer. Give me I your think, answer.
1: I think Joel's bringing it home. So I'm seeing a one, one.
0: Do you, see, I I don't think that Quite that'll sweet. happen. I don't think that'll happen because I think if he does win the first moto, then he'll have a nine point gap, and he won't have to win. He'll let Chad go. No way. You
1: know, I think I, I disagree.
0: I think that if he wins the first moto, that's how I maybe see it going. Is he maybe he wins the first moto, and then somebody at that trailer is gonna say, "You let Chad go." No.
1: I, I I see I see what you're what you're thinking, but in like Joel's mind I feel like why change up anything that you've been doing? Like get do your thing on the whole shot. If you pull the whole shot, who's going to who's going to touch you?
0: All I know is that when he his one championship, he won the first moto, I believe, or maybe he got second, but in the second moto, he you know, he finished like third or fourth or something and let those guys duke it out at the beginning. So I just...
1: You got me on that. I just
0: feel like that's, I mean, that's a a smart move, you know. But it's going to be really interesting. Again, the track could play a factor. All those other riders could play a factor. I mean, there's a lot of variables. I don't know that it's going to be... And, and again, there might be other motivations by guys like Thomas Brown, guys like Jeffrey Restrelli. I mean, they're going to want to go out there and really show out when the rest of the industry is there because this is at a dirt bike national.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, but you still never gave me your answer.
0: I think that Joel Hedrick probably wins the first moto, and then the second moto he doesn't have to, but he brings home the championship. I just think he's on such a roll right now it's hard to That's it's hard to, it's hard he's to go fire. against him. You know, and I think it's so commendable because Chad even at the last race and in on the podium, he said that um you know, he's gonna work his tail off, he's gonna go home, he's not over yet, he's been hashtagging, you know that it's not over. You're going to see mm-hmm. Chad's, you're going to ch- see Chad's best and hardest fight. But he also even said on the podium that, you know, racing isn't the only thing in life. You know, he's a father now. Mm-hmm. He, um, he really, really, really showcases and cherishes his time with his son, Lakin. And, you know, he, it's cool because he shows pictures of him and Lakin in the shop, him and Lakin, you know, Lakin watching him ride. And, um, yeah. so I think that at the end of the day, even if Chad doesn't win, I think you're seeing him winning at life, you know? And I and I think you could say mm-hmm. the same thing about Joel Hattrick. You know, mm-hmm. they're clearly both value their um, you know, their roles as fathers and as role models and stuff like that. I just think uh think that both of them are are I don't want to sound too cliché, but I think that they're both winners, you know? Uh Yeah. But I think it's going to be a dogfight, dude. I don't think. it's
1: only going to be one at Crawfordsville. I
0: don't think, yeah, I don't think it's going to go as, man, my as gut ah, my gut feeling is, it, is it's going to be, I mean, it's been a year of action. It's been a year of drama and dicing it up. Why should Crawfordsville be any different?
1: That's what I'm saying. I, the hope, first, I hope it
0: is. The first Crawfordsville was the craziest race of the year, and we may see that again.
1: Yeah, that's I, that's what I want. I, I mean, shit, I, I'd like to see them both start 19th and twenty, have to work their way through everything. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to see.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be really interesting. But I
1: don't think that's going to happen,
0: right? It's going to be really interesting, and I cannot wait to be here talking about it. Um, afterwards, we'll have to have you on and uh, you know see what see
1: what came of it. Oh yeah, I'm down. You know I'm down with that. Well, hey, I appreciate it.
0: Fair. Yeah, I appreciate it, Hammy. I appreciate you coming on and kind of, kind of, uh, creating some dialogue about the racing here. I wanted everybody to have all the info that they could possibly need to watch Crawfordsville as an educated, you know, viewer and, uh, get everybody hyped. So I think this was your one stop shop for everything you needed to know about the racing. And, uh, man, it's got me excited. I don't want to wait, um, the days that we have to wait for Crawfordsville here. I cannot wait to see it.
1: Yeah, me either. I won't be seeing it, but hopefully I'll be able to have my phone in my hand. I'll get to see who wins the championship and uh, hopefully we see good racing, crowned champion, rookie of the year, all that good stuff and uh, get ready for that mx and nations and then another season
0: yeah well you know what you should be able to do is kind of tune into our uh social media pages especially instagram i would think that we'll uh we'll litter our story with what's happening that day and try to keep the coverage good for you guys so uh people like you shouldn't have to look too far other than our uh social media pages for everything you need to know about what's going on on the that that friday race day
1: damn straight i'll be i'll be tuning into atv digging deep podcast then
0: Alright man. Well I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on again and uh we'll have you on here soon to talk about uh man everything that happened at Crawford'sville and if and if you were right about your prediction.
1: Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Well yeah, I hope so. We can put some money on it if we want to. <laughs> Alright, <laughs>
0: man. Well I appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you soon.
1: Alright, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, pal. Thank you.
0: Are you pumped for these guys to go racing on Friday? I know I am. Cannot wait. I'm pumped to also bring you this kind of coverage, coverage that you're not going to find anywhere else in ATV Motocross. Up next, you'll hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll go right into my conversation with Dom from the program. Excited to get this interview out there, as it's been a minute since we recorded it. And as one of, if not the most successful trainers in the sport, he has an abundance of insight and a lot to say. Enjoy. First and foremost, a huge thank you to CST Tires, csttires.com, for coming on as a title sponsor. The Pulse MXR tire available in soft and standard compounds offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics. Of the countless riders I've turned on to CST Tires, not a single one has been disappointed. Join the takeover and upgrade to CST today. Thank you SSI Decals for your support and presenting sponsorship of the live show. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. After making number plates and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the brand quickly took off. Today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, short-course off-road trucks, UTVs, snowcross, and NHRA six-time world champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI. Making your identity sick with championship-level graphics, SSI decals. Our featured guest is brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring chain. This patented X-Ring racing chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, Increased strength and a longer overall chain life, setting the standard and making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick out the ATV2 chain at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Wherever you go, go DID. We are also supported by Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Our site lab intro segment is brought to you by Evans. The best Power Sports Coolant on the market, Evans Coolant prevents boil over so you never have to pull over or worry about your engine no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles, and more. Use what the pros use. Choose Evans today. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes. DP has been dominating the ATV world for a while now by supporting riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, Baldwin Motorsports, JB Racing, Root River, myself, and more in ATV Motocross. In GNCC Racing, they have all of the top 15 XC1 pros using DP, including the likes of Walker Fowler, Jared McClure, Chris Borich, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, and more, not to mention Hunter Hart and the top four XC2 riders. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them consistently on the top of the podium. Available at dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or even message me for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 4Works Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber and plastic hoods, tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has goodies that will make you salivate. I trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look. 4 Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality, innovative parts to the market. Check them out today. Finally, our fan question segment is brought to you by 100% and their new Armega Goggle out now. Thanks to those guys for the support and supplying us with awesome 100% giveaways. Not to mention the new goggle that is setting the standard in moto. Now back to the show. All right, guys. So as promised and brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain, we're joined by my trainer and trainer of many top riders over the years, Dominic Sempolik from the program. What's up, Dom? Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I think what you're doing is amazing. Glad to be a part of it.
0: Oh yeah, you're uh, you're somebody who I who I really look up to, and uh, somebody who's got a lot of insight. Um, not obviously only in our sport, but uh, across the board. So I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and I knew you were excited about it from the very beginning, so um, that makes it makes it extra cool for you to come on like this. So for people that don't know, um, the athletes you have trained, like, have won so many races over the years. And when I joined the program at the end of 2016, like, it changed my life. Um, the only regret, honestly, I have is that I didn't make the move sooner. Like, I think it – could have changed the course of my career and um probably you know if I was more fit if I was stronger i think that it would have kept me from the injuries that kind of kind of derailed some of the stuff i had going on so that's my only my only regret is that i didn't that i didn't join on with you sooner and you know we were talking about this before we uh before we got on the record here but i mean i was intimidated by riders because I knew that you were taking guys that were really – that were fast, and you were turning into, them into true athletes, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, now, like, I'm one of the, the the few that are left from back then, and just makes me so damn grateful um, to have you in my corner. Like, I think about it all the time, how – the program used to be, to me, it was like this, this, it was like this mystical thing. It was like this secret potion that, you know, you could drink and it,
2: uh, life. made
0: you, yeah, made you, made you into a different animal. And, uh, like I said, now to have been on the program for a handful of years and, um, it just, it's surreal for me. So appreciate everything you've done for me, but appreciate you coming on and being able to talk ATV Motocross with us. So, um, for people who aren't fully aware, Uh, Give us kind of give us kind of the lowdown on the program training.
2: The program, I mean, started with a rider, Nick Moser. I mean, everybody knew Nick Moser. It started in my first house with Nick. Nick was, I want to say, 15 years old. Okay. And Nick was always an amazing rider. But we turned him into a different animal. We started training like my background wrestling. We started training like a wrestler. You guys wrestle a quad for your laps. It fits very well. Sure. So we started training him. And Nick was, at probably 17 years old, was probably the best-shaped athlete in that world. I mean, we had Dustin Wimmer come over and train side-by-side side with Nick Moser and lasted seven minutes with a program that you know, rider form. Literally, he lasted seven minutes. Nick went 20. And that's your, that was your top athlete. And we always, always tried to get Joel. He was, you know, going out with Carly at a young age. We always, and Joel never did it, never wanted to do it. And Joel come over to my tracks, he would ride. We always talk. Me and Joel always talked. We always game together. We always did something together, but we never, he never made that switch. Okay. And it was after Briarcliff when Nick had that injury. I want to say it was Joel's third year, third or fourth year, 2015. We started working January I want to say January 19th of 2015, Joel was 163 pounds. Okay. In 10 weeks, went down to 143.
0: Oh, my god. In 10 weeks,
2: and showed up at Daytona, and Josh Kramer was the host. And Josh Kramer was the first one to say, it looked like Joel finally figured it out. Oh, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was a pretty crazy ride, me and that kid had. I mean, me and that kid changed the face of the sport. I mean, nobody thought. Anybody was going to be Chad. I mean, Chad's an amazing athlete. It got to the point where the first year, I mean, 2000, it was um, Muddy Creek. That race turned it all. When, when Chad passed him back, the second moto, and Joel passed him with two laps to go and checked out. It, that's where it all, everybody started realizing. And then that year at High Point, Joel took the points lead. But Joel was a young athlete at that time. It was all new to him. I mean, he was winning race after race. He was getting all this spotlight. I mean, he got the points lead. But it was a mental thing that he had to go through not being outhanded. You, you go a year later, you have Nick Janusa. you have 15, 20 riders. You take it in another year later. Me and Joel are still doing what we're doing. He's still doing that. You join, um, you start turning like uh, we had a lot of riders join. Nick Nick is still on and he joined in 2015, um, but we changed the face of it. And now everybody's trying to train, which they should. You should have to train for the sport that you're in. Are some people training the right way or some people train the wrong way? that's a great thing about fitness. There's so many different opinions. I can tell you what to do, but a guy to the left, a guy to the right can tell you three different things
0: what to do. Absolutely. But with your program, I mean it's proven. There's there's no second guessing it because like you said, for all those years it was Joel, but then um I mean, when I joined, after I joined, because I'm like, man, yeah, like I'm going to have a leg up on all the dudes that I'm racing against, you know, and then we show up for 2017 and then you, you had like, guys in their class you had like 80% of the pro class or 75% there? of the pro class. It was, it yeah. was everybody. So that's where I kind of went wrong with it. You know what I mean? I was, what I wanted to do was I
2: wanted to be like a wash, the A-arms, like everybody, like I wanted to give everybody that piece. Like let's make racing fun. Why? Watch one guy run away with it the C class. Why watch one guy run away with the b class? Why not have four or five kids on it out? Your parents are playing a lot of money for you to go there. Nobody wants to hear you got arm pumped in two laps. Let's go out there, put the work in, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, we won every class. I mean, Thank literally, you. the program won every class. I mean, we had Nick Janusa Pro-Am won. We had Brett Music Pro-Am won. Sam Rowan, he was on the program. He did unbelievable. Hayden Mickelson in the Pro-Am did unbelievable with the program. Yep. A lot of people did unbelievable with the program, but – it gets to the point where your fitness can only take you so far. It's the mental, and I believe my, the mental side that I bring to my riders, my athletes. that train here physically, day to day with me. Yourself online, that we talk all the time. That's the biggest thing because you can be the best shaped athlete, but if you don't got it here, absolutely, you're absolutely,
0: win. no. And I think, uh, I think that there's so much money in our sport uh, that you know that gets spent, that gets thrown around. That, man, I sometimes think if people had to work as hard as they do to get to the races like I do, I think that that's how I justify putting in all the work behind the scenes in the gym during the week. Because, like, if I'm spending every dime I have to get to the races, I mean, I better be prepared, you know. I better be ready. And I think that there's there's so many kids that go to the races nowadays and, like, they're there because – their parents love being there, you know, or whatever. And that's just never been like, that's never been my background. That's never, I I don't know what that feels like. So I was never afraid of the work, but, and I was training every day prior to being on with you, being on the program. The problem was, is I just wasn't doing the, the right things. And I was doing the same stuff every single day. And I've obviously learned since, you know, I've joined with you, um, that it's different stuff every single day, you know?
2: absolutely and, and every time you step on a track it's different all over it's different lines it's different everything so that's why the way we train and you know going back to showing up see I come from a sport of wrestling if you don't put the work in Cody you get your ass beat I mean no, I have no a 12 doubt. year old I have a 12 year old who literally I mean the stuff that we do in our gym I have you know Jacob Stevens Nick Janusa was here but Jacob Stevens Thorn Devlin who's a Factory, gas, gas, dirt bike rider, yes. yep. amazing in the woods. He trains here full-time. Zach Decker trains here full-time. Dave Molander trains here full-time. And Adam trains here full-time, but he got hurt. But the level that is pushed in here is unbelievable. And then when you have a 12-year-old who's pushing these kids is – I mean, I, and I'm not – I'm being serious. You have a 12-year-old that is doing a uh, you know, a handstand for two minutes.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, crazy.
2: Three sets in a row when he's doing everything else. So them kids see that? Like, dude, I, I'm 20 years old. If he's a 12 year old doing it, I'm doing it. And that's the level. Like, Nick Canusa came here for the first time in a while and the stuff he does. I mean, Canusa is a shredded athlete. I mean, him and Joel actually just competed at Breezewood on a rowing competition. Canusa won, which I expected, but how often do we row? Oh, yeah. You know, you know, we don't row all the time. No, you know we what sure I mean? But that's the thing. I can say, you know what, Cody, we're going to run stadium stairs today, and there's a line of 40 guys I can guarantee you're going to be the guy who wins. Yep. Why? Because we put ourselves to the test in different levels. How often do we cycle? Never. Everybody cycles. Only thing I say to the people that cycle is how hard is that arm pump when you're cycling?
0: Right. Yeah. That's, you know
2: what I mean? A wrestler, the only thing we did with cycling was watch training and recovery rides just for our legs. That's it. You know what I mean? When I pick you up, I don't pick you up with just my legs. So if I just work my legs, and I get my heart rate pumping and all the blood flow and that everybody says, that's what you need. And I try to pick you up with just my lower body and your vessel guess what? I ain't going to work. Right. I
0: need to pick yeah. you
2: up with everything. Just like you ride a quad. You ride a quad with everything. And that's just the way it is.
0: You See, know? you know, and even like when I do, um, even when I would do difficult workouts by myself, like now that you were, you know, you're telling me to do this. I never questioned it. You know, I never questioned if it was too hard, if it was working the wrong things, like knowing that somebody who is so knowledgeable is telling me to do this. I just never even questioned it. I just did it. You know what I mean? Um, So that was a huge advantage to me. And, and like, to me, the accountability part of it, like I was always accountable to myself, but being accountable to you, I think for a lot of athletes is probably, or to, to any trainer being accountable Is a big part of it, you know, and then that structure, like, and we've worked long enough together now that, you know, but like structure for me, like, I want to do it the same day or every day at the same time. Like, I'm not going to take any days off, you know, and I think that that's a, I think that that's a staple to what your program is all about.
2: Exactly. I mean, you have everybody who talks, they train, you have everybody that says they put the work in. Our results always show sure themselves. Yep. I want to say when I trained Joel to one time, and when I want to say it was 2017, Chad passed us back and, and beat us. Okay. And that was Sunset Ridge. I believe it was Sunset Ridge, 2017. Okay. And that, after that round, I was, listen, I, that's me. That's my fault. That's not, you know, he whatever happened because Joel was on a regimen. I think, we, the work that we put in after that, I believe he went to um, – would it been in Millville? Would it have been Millville? Millville was after – yep, you're exactly right. Yep. I want to say Joel went 1-1. Okay. Yeah. It did, that was the year where I think, you know, where Chad spun out. But I want to say Joel did 1-2 or 1-1, and we came back on a track that's 100% wiener track. Sure. Yeah. 100% yeah. wiener track. Absolutely. And we did that. So that's the stuff that I take. So if you – Hey, listen, I, I I got past that moto because I got arm pumped. That's me. That's 100% me. I mean, let's go to the last race in Nadella. You have a veteran rider getting passed by a rookie because yes. he got arm pumped. Right. Like, like, and you said hold yourself accountable. Like, what did you do after that moto when that happened? Like, me, I would have probably slammed my head in the door 30 times. I would have probably cried for three hours. I'd have been devastated and I would have started working right away, yep. putting in the proper work, changing up. Yep. You know what I mean? And people just say, well, I'm going to keep putting in the work. I'll show me next race. Well, what happened next? What happens? What's, you know what I mean? Put the right work in. And I know a lot of riders in the progress that I worked with, the stuff that they are doing now, if they were on the program, they would be at a different level. And I'm not speaking of Joel per se. I mean, Joel is the kids in a machine on a bike. I like to say this, and I say this to everybody. When I got Joel, Joel was a piece of bronze. I turned him into a piece of gold. A piece of gold, you keep nice, you keep polishing. So Joel knows he just has to keep doing what he's doing. And he knows when he falls behind. He knows when he has to pick it up because he's a, he's a professional athlete now. We turned him into a professional athlete. And he shows himself all the time. Literally, he's the one rider that I always said. That could do what James Stewart and Ricky Carmichael did in the dirt bikes. Went every moto. No, I don't care if it's a mud race or whatever. He's got that talent. He's got that speed. He truly does.
0: Um, You and Joel were working together. Joel was ridiculously fast. But I remember after what would have been round one, I don't know what year it was. your like Pass. Aeonia round Pass. Round one, Pass, when he had the front and Chad ran
2: him down. Chad like got fifth or sixth place ran him down and blew him right into that first corner after the whole shot, the second corner. I know exactly what race you were. And Joe had the lead for a while, but that was – like you said it best. I mean, he won um, – what was his first win as a rookie? Was it high point or Unadilla? Unadilla. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he listen, he, the kid was crazy. He had Absolutely. To look with that I mean, the kid's old. He is the Bryce Ford. Bryce Ford is the Joe Hedrick of this generation. I agree. I mean, people you. aren't – Watching that kid, if that kid gets with the proper people training like a beast, I'm telling you right now, in two years in the protest, he's going to be the guy to beat. No ifs, fans, or buts about it. That kid is a machine on it. When I was down at the Fords, the first time I watched that kid ride, he went through the pounders that I just built down there. And I was standing next to Ronnie Hagerson, Nick Janusa, Jacob Stevens, and all that. And he went through the power. I looked at all of them, and I said, "You guys are all screwed when that kid gets on a 450." Nothing to say, I mean, he went through faster on a 250 than you guys do. You know, it's yeah. just. But that's the thing. Like, if Bryce is going to do the same thing, just like Joel did. I mean, Joel, it was kids fast, kids well, fast.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's a whole other subject that. Uh, I think some of it is you just have it or you don't as far as how fast you can ride something, you know, like there's just there's unachievable speed for a working class guy, you know. And, uh, yeah, Bryce definitely has it. But, strategy.
2: Uh, I like to say it like this, you know, Chad, Chad, when Chad got in to riding, he won. He won a couple races, you know what I mean? He was a guy that was a winner, you know what I mean? And just turned himself into a champion, you know, exactly. the Joel, same thing. Joel won a couple but turned himself into a champion. Yep. That's the only two people that have done it in the last eight years. I know the last eight years. Like, what is going on? Like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Like, the uh, the other pros need to do that because we could have a four or five way battle. Think about if Cody Gibson was throwing it, Dustin Wimmer was throwing it, Kramer was throwing it. I mean, could you imagine what that pro class would be? It'd be like watching a four fifty dirt place every
0: week. Right. It would be a bunch of guys that are in the same same shoes as like where Chad's at. You know, because you're talking about guys that Chad was racing hard when Chad, before he ever even won, you know. Um, Because, yeah, so all those guys from back then that had true natural talent, they'd still be around. But, yeah, that's – we can only dream. Yeah, that's a shame, you know. It's just a – it's a totally different – it's just a – it's just a different era, you know? So hopefully it turns
2: around. Hopefully, I mean, they're saying the mini classes are really starting to turn around. I'm seeing, you know, youth riders wanting to train more and stuff like that. So that's the generation. I mean, if you, they're seeing a growth in that, hopefully it keeps growing and growing. I mean, I think these, I mean, you have riding schools all the time. Yep. Your turnouts are still great. You know what I mean? So the youth is definitely, we just got to keep them coming. That's the key.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you know, there's, and you had mentioned it kind of um, a little bit, but, you know like you go to the dirt bike side of the side of our kind of world and um man they're training over there like hardcore training at the top level at like you said like your son's age like 10 11 12 like they're training hard in the dirt bike world already at those ages and i mean you see I just don't think that you see that really in our sport. And I hope that that is one of those things that starts to change because there are younger riders that are training. But I think that those are the riders that are clearly separating themselves from the other riders in our sport, you know. So, like,
2: I have, you know, younger kids that train here in the ATV world. Yep. Like you were just saying, in the dirt bike world, how them kids get popular. I mean, yeah, you have certain kids that are popular on social media, but they're fast as hell. They get popular from winning. You know what I mean? And putting in the work, you win. If you don't put the work in, you don't win.
0: Right? Yeah. For I mean, and I don't. I I just have such a hard time relating because when I was younger, that's all I like. I didn't even I didn't care about. I mean, I cared about having nice stuff because I, I value having nice things. But yeah, I didn't care about the clothes I was wearing, the gear I was wearing. Like it was go as fast as you can, and that's how people are going to be talking about you. You know. Absolutely. So so like. Just cover a little bit of – just tell us about the program. If somebody came up to you, doesn't know anything about training, doesn't know anything about, I don't know, training for our sport, tell us about the program. How would you explain it in, you know, a paragraph?
2: Um, hmm. That's a good question, Cody. Uh, I would – I first the first couple of questions I ask riders is now these days, their goals – if their goals are to be the cha- champions, that's my mentality. We work very hard. We do unorthodox training. Yep. Our, we do zero, zero cycling and set recovery. We train four days a week. I want you to eat clean. But how hard you work is the key, and you must never cheat. You must never cheat. If you can only do two pull-ups, I want to hear that. Yep. And we're going to gain from that so the program in my opinion is only for select few people and people that want to work hard every day and their goal is to be a champion and we will turn them into a champion that's what we do yeah um and that's how i would would break it down i don't want to go into all you know crazy big words and stuff like that it's raw training it's wrestling it's a wrestling background training that's what it is
0: yeah and uh like 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 you said, it's hard work, but I think um, people now, if you're just listening to this, if you just came into the sport today, you wouldn't maybe hear about the program as much as if you would have came in four or five years ago when it seemed like everybody was on the program or everybody at least that was winning was on the program. Every single rider that – that it seemed like every single rider on top of the podium thanked you for, for training them. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, you, you, you controlled so much of the ATV world. It's, it's unreal, but, uh, okay. So that's, that's about your training method. Let's take it back to talking about like you, where it all started. Where Tell us about your background, you as an athlete, Take us back to the beginning. You said that it, it's wrestling background, so tell us about that.
2: I've been a wrestler my whole life, Cody. I've been training at a high level since I was 14. Um, I wasn't the best wrestler when I was young. Um, I didn't fit in on in certain wrestling clubs uh, because I wasn't the best. It switched for me my 8th grade going into ninth grade year. It clicked for me. Okay. And when it clicked for me, it was over. I became... My freshman year in high school, I beat a senior out for varsity. I was a varsity wrestler all through high school. My 11th grade year, going into 12th grade, I was my, the plan was going to Lehigh, Lehigh University. Um, me and Lehigh were talking. It was going to be a ride that I was going to go there. I worked very, very hard. I trained with the best. I wrestled with the best. My life was wrestling. Sure. Three days before wrestling season started my senior year, I beat up a bully. I got suspended. Okay. My my principal would not let me wrestle my senior year. Oh. So I tried to transfer to another school. My parents did not have money. So when I tried to transfer to another school, quite town time went after them and said they will fine them for doing that. My parents didn't do it. So it kinda of like my life took a turn. It took sure. a turn for you know, that was my life. I got my life taken away from me. You know what I mean? I couldn't without me wrestling my senior year. I couldn't get a scholarship. I had to wrestle my senior year. I was running sixth in the state and PIW 3A. Okay. Um, and and got taken away from me. Do I regret it? Mm, I mean, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have my family. I wouldn't have my kids if that didn't happen. Sure. But I learned from it. I learned from it. So it was like a two-year, three-year spiral, man, that it, I just changed. I changed as a person. I changed. And then it clicked for me like, again so i started training i started going to like wrestling practice i started going to like lehigh open wrestling rooms in the summer started wrestling again then we got into training again and um that's that's where we're at we're here today and i still wrestle to this today i still wrestle to this day me and my son last night he's you know smaller than me but me and him last night we wrestling at ten thirty at night oh, on yeah. our mat upstairs. i go to open rooms still when i wrestle um, with the guys, I love it. There's nothing better than the sport. I'm an aggressive guy. I'm very aggressive in my, my gym. I hate to lose. Um, if I lose, I'm gonna work hard. You better be ready. I'm coming after you. Yeah. And I try to install that in everybody's mind. Um, and I believe the ones that train that have me in their face every day, it's a different world. It's a different different world. It's uh it's a crazy mentality. It's a different mentality. It doesn't suit all.
0: No, no doubt, and I, you know, you can't teach that per competitive nature, you know, like, you either have it or you don't. Uh, exactly,
2: right.
0: So, then... So you talked about Nick Moser. So you, when did, tell me how all that started. You know, so you're, you're, you get back into training, you're doing all this because you enjoy it. At what point does that, I, I mean. started many... riding
2: motocross. I started riding motocross.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
2: Yeah, I started riding motocross and I ended up going to Evansville and Nick Moser was the kid. You know, he was like, you know, I'm like, this kid's throwing around. I started talking to Scott Moser. Everybody talks to Scott Moser. Yeah. And I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, what the hell? I mean, this kid was skin and bones. I'm like, okay. dude, think about if he put the work in. So his dad like got to the point where his dad's like, yeah, "Yo, you're going over training with Dominic," and I mean, him developed an amazing, you know, relationship, friendship um, over the years. I mean, for a long time, and then it evolved. I mean, we're I still train to these to this day. I mean, we train today at 5:30 uh, here. I'm training with the guys every day. I still I'm still training with them. I still love to see them. Succeed. I like to see them fail and admit to their failure. I I, I love that. I watch. I, I love watching the growth. I love seeing a kid that comes here and can't climb up the rope, and in two weeks he's going up the rope.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I,
2: I love seeing that. And um, it was if Mo if Nick Moser got out of his crashes that he crashed all the time, Nick Moser would have been a top top guy. Oh, he, he was. Just... Proven. I still say this. I don't know there was too many people in the program that could outwork him. I mean, that kid's pull up to failure was 57 and then two minutes later was 47.
0: Really? Oh my I mean, God. I
2: mean, I mean, he was a, the kid was a machine. I mean, he was a freaking machine and it was his crashes that led him. Like we would be at a hundred percent. Boom. He would crash. We'd go back to 80. We would build him back up. We would crash. We'd go back to 80. We would build him back up. We would crash. I mean, that year it was him and Higgerson and, Jeffrey Rochelley, that was the year that Jeffrey Rochelley went back to Pro Am, yep. and they had unbelievable battles. I mean, that was an amazing year. It was Cody Gibson came back, took the Pro Am championship from Nick, and then the following year, Jeffrey Rochelley dropped out and took the Pro Am championship yeah, for him. Yeah, so I, I remember.
0: I remember because I was in the middle of that because the year that Nick got second to Gibson, I got third. So I thought the same thing. Yeah. I'd said that in a previous podcast that felt that year that we were we were racing for second because Gibson was just on another level compared to us.
2: That kid was a that kid was an animal.
0: He was crazy. Do you remember TOP? Remember I do. Chattelina I tried sure that? do. I yeah. Know. I didn't. I guess I didn't even know that that top of the what was it called? Top of the podium or something? What was
2: it? It was called TOP.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Chad Wiener's I, thing. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I didn't even know. I, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, and I didn't know what uh who was behind all that deal back then. Because as fast as it came, it was gone. You know.
2: Exactly right. But and it
0: works for Chad it works for Chad like you had mentioned earlier um not to go down that rabbit hole but Chad is like the most like uh like a like a top athlete of another sport than i think anybody cuz he's just so repetitive he's like like i had said in the podcast and it wasn't a derogatory mar- remark at all but him being like a robot he just reminds me he reminds me of like Ryan Dungy or or, you know, somebody who's just relentless that does the same thing all the time because it works, you know, whether it's... Exactly right. I, I don't I don't know who you want to compare them to, but somebody at the very top of some other sport.
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I would, see, I would definitely put um, Joel there. I mean, I'd definitely put Joel there. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I, Joel was a freaking... You know, Nick Suriano and wrestling and calls himself a fearless warrior. That's what Joel was. I mean, Joel was a freaking fearless warrior. I mean, that kid was a machine, bro. Yeah. I mean, I remember Red Bud when a uh, big drama happened with uh Chad's fans came up to me, like they were screaming at Carly and myself, and the guy was like, getting in my face. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Joel found out about that, dude. That kid went on that track. I mean, I want to say he won by 15 seconds. I mean
0: really? it was
2: I mean, he was he was a fearless warrior, and that's where I say Chad is in. Chad having that boy, having a son, that takes you up that, that next step. You want to show your boy. Like you, don't want to talk about it. Hey, Daddy, people say you were the man. Well, you know, I never saw it. You know what I mean? You want to right. show your boy. You know yeah. I mean? yeah, He's done yeah, yeah. yet, but Chad's going to keep showing his boy.
0: Oh, I agree. I had mentioned that to him. Like, he, if you do it for long enough, your son's going to remember. And he's going to remember that Dad was a bad dude, you know?
2: <laughs> oh, my God, yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, like, you and your son doing the same sport, I mean, you're leading by example with him. Like, you're the main reason why he's a top-level athlete already at such a young age.
2: And the thing is with with Dominic is I can't really teach Dominic wrestling now. The generation of wrestling has changed dramatically. Okay. Um, it's, it's a scramble world now, and the technique of the moves – has definitely took a ban has taken a leap. So he goes to Red Hawk, the best club I think in the whole East Coast. But what I can do is they teach him the fun, the scrambling effect of wrestling, and I critique him when he comes home. So I'm able to critique him and watch him. But like if I would teach him my era of wrestling now, he wouldn't do that good because literally you get the deepest shot now, and the kid grabs your leg before you know it, you're on the back. Well, right. so- and how do you do that? You know, why do you do that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that wasn't our era right yeah. uh, two thousand ten, two thousand eight. 2008 it kind of took a turn for that um but it's uh you're right though
0: you've talked in length about you know about your relationship with joel just talk about like what you saw switch in him when you were working with him you know like did was it basically like he convinced himself that okay now my 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 fitness isn't a question anymore
2: I would say, yes, but it's the mental game with it. So you have to look at, think about it, Cody. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you're not in shape, you really don't have confidence, right or wrong. You know what I mean? Like you You're can, exactly there are right. Certain, there are certain athletes that, you know, don't look like athletes in their animals, okay? There's one in a few. But what happened was Joel started turning. Joel's body started turning, and he started feeling amazing on the bike. He's like, yo, dude, I'm, like, able to go out, and I'm not getting. I'm like, all right, just keep going, keep working, keep working. And if everybody remembers that Daytona, he rode behind Chad the whole main. He ran Chad back down and they crossed the finish line like side by side. And soon he got off the track. It was right then and there. I can run with that guy. I can, I can get that guy now. And he kept working. Then he had a crash at um, Texas that kind of like tipped him over. So he was feeling that. Then he ran out of gas. So he kept working and working. And soon when he did that Muddy Creek. I mean, that view, that mean... That day with me and uh, Joel did at ripping up films. That's his largest viewed. I mean, that was right after Muddy Creek. And that, I mean, everybody can watch that kid's expression. That's when he knew, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. We're going to keep busting our ass. We're going to keep getting better. But Chad, I got you. But the only thing was, it was the mental side that he didn't have yet. But that that's the growth of a professional athlete. Of course, yeah. 2000, um eighteen what was it? He won, what, 2018, right? Yeah, 2000, no, 2017. 17, yep. There was no beating that kid that and year.
0: And you were still with him then?
2: Oh, absolutely. been more towards the end of the, this season. I contacted Joel, and I said, listen, I think it's best if we just part ways. He was going to have to make a determination anyway because of certain people he works with. And I didn't want to be like that. So then, Joel, we still talked. We still did things. We didn't train. But last year... From Texas, right after Texas, Joel trained with me from Texas to Unidella. That kid won seven out of eight notice.
0: Oh, really? He went to
2: Iron Man. He went to Iron Man. And if everybody remembered, that was the first race we busted our ass for three weeks. He dominated so Joel, there. Yeah, he absolutely dominated. Because the problem was Joel's training, when he went to a different, different type of training, they weren't working at upper. The upper like we were working. like We were taxing it. And he admitted right to it. So we started doing that things, and we changed up certain things. So – He won seven out of eight motos. And then I said, listen, you got to let the cat out of the bag or we got to stop that. He couldn't let the cat out of the bag. We still talked after that. It was a mutual thing. We still talked after that. Okay. 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 Um, My shit's proven. You know what I mean? No doubt. I don't need people trying to mock what I do. You know what I mean? I don't need, I mean, and there's going to be followers. There's going to be people trying to do what I did. But if everybody remember, there was no such thing as the T.O.P. But everybody was all for that when I got into the program of online training yeah i
0: yeah absolutely so i that's why it's probably so hard for you to describe what the what the program is like because it speaks for itself. I mean, when I joined the program, you didn't have to tell me what we were gonna do. I never questioned it because, like I said, there was all these guys, and you were taking middle of the pack guys and bringing them to the top in whatever class they were in absolutely. um so so that's probably why you can't really. Can't really describe it. So with, so I guess I, I never knew. Does, nobody must know that you were training Joel in the middle of last season.
2: No, nobody knew. And that's something that we had to keep undercover. And I was more of a coach, a mentor. And we became, I mean, me and that kid were close. I was real with the kid. I was real with him. And, and I'm real with every one of you guys. I'm real. And that's, the, and I think, like, you know, like Jeffrey was struggling. I reached out to Jeffrey. I invited him here. Because that kid has all the talent in the world. He's had it for years. He just does not put the proper work in. And if he did and he made it his life and his focus, he would be up there battling with Joel and Chad every day of the week.
0: Right. Yeah, you see at the top level, I mean, it's this way at the top of any sport, but it's that way at the top of ours. Like you're not going to beat the guys at the top, the top two, without working your ass off. You know, because if if athlete wise, if if Chad or you know Joel then or you know a few years ago or Joel now whatever, like that if that's the benchmark, I mean you have to it's you got to eat sleep and breathe it. There's no doubt about it because Chad, Chad, Chad has made a career of outworking the rest of the guys. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, if you look at the so if you look at the sport right now. You mentioned Jeffrey. Is there anybody else like you're like man salivating like if I could work with this person, if I could help them get to achieve their best level as an athlete? You see anybody like that?
2: Jeffrey's the one with the speed. See, I work with Nick. I'm very, very close with Nick. Nick just not just does not have the hangout. He doesn't have the hangout. Sure, he, he doesn't. I call it the killer instinct. To be a champion, you must have killer instinct. That doesn't mean I'm blowing you over, bro. That means that I'll do anything to win, and when I lose, uh, you better be ready, okay? Right. Yeah. And Nick just doesn't have that. I believe that if Nick rode with faster people more, I think he would get that hangout speed. But for the raw speed, just Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. just, just Jeffrey. I mean, I just see Jeffrey. Thomas Brown, he's a hard worker. Yep. He just doesn't have that speed of Chad and Joel. I mean, he might in the qualifying, but mud races he's like the king of mud races yeah
0: he's good um
2: but when it comes to that raw beaten chad joel straight up i mean let's be real the only person to beat joel straight up or beat chad straight up and how many years has been one another
0: right absolutely so and what about what about anybody coming up
2: bryce ford bryce ford bryce ford is uh that kid, like I said it earlier. I mean, that kid. If he gets with, if he puts the proper training, I mean, you got to, you got to be at your fighting weight. Like I say this, you call yourself a professional, top professional athlete in your sport. And you can't get up on that pull bar and do thirty pulls to failure. You're not a top professional athlete. Once Bryce can do that, I'm telling you, he's going to be the guy. I think, like Logan Stanfield, I think Logan Stanfield has it. Alan Myers, I think has it. The Dustin Wimmer like Chad, Wim- he does, Chad, you know, yeah. And he's got that little bit on the edge like them guys. He does, um, yep, yep. That's the way I think about it. I, I I look at it. I think you're Logan Stanfield. Jacob Stevens, I think Jacob Stevens can be – maybe find some certain speed, but he's got to battle certain mental demons, and he's going through them right now. Okay. He's, you know, he's a uh, – hates to lose and doesn't think he should lose to certain riders. When I try to give him the reel saying you you have to lose to them riders. You should
0: lose to them riders. Man, because he, cause he's – like you said, he's a good rider. He's fast. you know, Absolutely. He's got Absolutely. a lot of talent in him too. I like it. I like it. So you mentioned you mentioned uh, some of the guys. Who are you all working with now?
2: Uh, We have Hunter Hart and the pro GNCC. Yep.
0: Um,
2: Thorne Devlin, um, Factory Gas Gas. He does the Andoros and the um, couple of other things. Sure. Jacob Stevens, um, yourself, Molander, um, Dane Molander um what, what the hell uh zach decker zach decker trains here all the time yep uh, i think he's an up-and-comer he's an up-and-comer um, That's yep gotta stay he's gotta stay mental though he's got to and i stress that to him all the time i mean the kid's fast it's
0: not all he about the show good. it's not all about yeah. the show
2: listen i give it to that kid roll he'll be the first one to tell you i give it to that kid <laughs> Rawl because i see something in him
0: tell like, I a rider see
2: you yeah. know what I mean? He's a talented rider, but is he going to be one of them that's going to let it slip away, or is he going to grab it? Sure. Yeah. And um nobody he grabs it? So we have Decker yourself, uh, of course. We have you know little Dominic.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's always doing something. Oh, he's killing it always. <laughs> he's always doing something. I, I, yeah, I was on
2: actually uh, chit chat with Justin Bogle. I like to start working with Justin Bogle.
0: Oh yeah, that would be yeah. awesome to get at the it, at the top tier of. You know, on that side of, of what we Listen, do we here. we can compete
2: with Alden Baker. I can compete with and Baker. There's no doubt in my mind with the right rider, the right speed, I can compete with and Baker Fitness with them guys running their fastest laps or last laps. There's no doubt in my mind. And Eli Tonight. I agree. But has to be the right rider. And I, Bogle is the right rider. I mean, he pulls the whole shots. He's a good starter. Just he fades,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. I, you are the – alden baker of what we do here you know like i said a few years ago when you know you had most of the pro class it might have been more relevant for a, a person that's um you know that's that's you know new to this but you're the alden baker of what we do here so i don't have any doubt in my mind um with that at all so so where do you see is, is that where you see this going to the dirt bike world
2: i don't know i mean it could be it could go it could go anywhere it's Definitely going to – I'm going to tone it down some. Um, that's the plan. I'm going to tone it down some. i, I got to really focus on Dominic and get him going. Uh, athletes I want to train here, yourself. Yourself will always be a part of it. You're a great advocate for the program. I greatly appreciate everything you do. Say about the program. Um, I truly do. You put a work in. You go out there. You win. But it's going to downside a little bit. I have an, a, an excavation company, a site – company. That's taken up a lot of my time and we're growing. Um, so I got to be careful in what direction I go. Like I would love to work with Justin Bogle, but I don't want to work with forty, fifty riders again. I don't want no parts.
0: of that. Sure. Stuff. Yeah. I, you know, not to, uh, go down that rabbit hole too much, but I literally told my family, um, years ago, a few years ago, when I knew you had so many people that it had to be a full-time job because to try to manage all these people and send them you know all their workouts and just like a personal the, the part that's so cool with you is like you know me. you manage me. That's what makes the you know it a personal trainer. You take everything about me into into you know into effect or into concern when we're going through this. that had to be so hard when you had so many people on your on your you know on your menu or whatever on your docket. I just can't imagine having to manage all those different people, you know, you know,
2: it, it, it what, what frustrated me the most was the ones that didn't put in the work, you know, that, that frustrated me the most. And, and almost having to beg them to where's your results? Why aren't you training? Like, what is going on? And, and, and if you look at the, the downside of that, it almost ruined it. You know what I mean? So if I would have kept it more tight knit, yep. Um, we could maybe have certain people, you know what I mean? But it was it was tough.
0: Well, I don't understand that whole part of it because if the, if somebody is coming to you and wanting to wanting to do better, like you owe it to yourself to to work your tail off, like you're gonna make them. I just don't understand uh, somebody wanting to have anything like. Like I wouldn't even want to have to come to you and be like, "Yeah, I'm not feeling it today, you know you know what I mean i just i just you'd be surprised just, how often that happens. you'd yeah. be surprised that people just have, you know
2: it's in the work i mean it's in the a t v world I mean it's weird, some people want to work, some people don't Some people put working for two weeks and then they'll put working for four, and they wonder why they went backwards, like it's a lifestyle. the program is a lifestyle absolutely it's lifestyle,
0: yep, yep and it changed my life uh so yeah. No doubt about it. Appreciate that. So you put the work
2: in, though, Cody. You, your results speak for themselves.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like the training aspect of for me, like you keep it fun for me. You know, like I said, I don't question what I'm doing because you're laying it out there for me. Because you know what you know what you're asking me to do, and I like how it's always different. You know, I like how every single day we do something different, and you challenge me, and the challenge is. I mean, like, sometimes before a tough program, like, I almost get those same nerves like I'm lining up at the gate, you know, because I want to perform up to my standard because I know that that's the standard that you're looking for, you know. And that that little bit of, like, anxious anticipation is what we feed off of as athletes and as competitors. So I feel the same way with you, and that's what kind of keeps me always coming back. Do you think you'll always kind of be in the training realm? You think until – until the end of time, until you don't have any more fight in you, you're going to kind of want to train. Uh, I
2: think I'm, I'll always be into this. I'll always, always be into this. As Dominic gets older, his club, I'm sure I'll start training more wrestlers. Sure. Um, I'm sure we'll, Definitely, that's definitely a route that we're going to go. Which but is I awesome be, for you
0: because that's oh, what yeah. you
2: love. Oh yeah. And I love motocross. Listen, I love to ride motocross. I mean, yeah. Dominic rides, you know, we have a track in my house. I have tracks at every one of my houses.
0: Yeah, I was America. watching, so. I was watching videos of him the other day.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, you know, motocross is part of my life, just like wrestling is part of my life. So sure. I, I believe I always will train till I, me personally. I will always train till the day I die. I
0: mean, yeah.
2: I got you know sick anxiety about that. If I don't, if I miss two days, buddy, I'm kicking the shit out of myself. You I know? know,
0: I know. I'm like trying to look at. I'm the same way. I like trying to look at my gut. Looking like, in the mirror, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, isn't, you know? that, isn't that funny how that works in your head? <laughs> that's, yeah, crazy, that's crazy. Dude. So, oh, yeah. so there was a couple of things that I wanted to wanted to ask before uh, I let you go Um, just because I respect your opinion so much. So in your mind, like what makes a top tier athlete, a top tier athlete,
2: live, breathe, sleep, whatever you want to be the best at. If you want to be the best at middle cross, it must be your main focus. It must be your main focus. you, you, When you lose, it must kill you. Um, And the ones that do that, the ones that are you know, if they do their motos in the morning, however they do the motos, then they train and then at nighttime they're doing something else and then they're studying the sport, watching videos. That is a champion. That is a top tier athlete that lives breathes, and his results show. Now listen, you have guys that do that that the results don't show. A true champion, results always show and that's their life. That's their focus. I mean, that's your focus has to be that. And if you're talking like physical shape-wise, like a top athlete, like I said before, you can't jump up and do 30 pull-ups.
0: Yeah, you have benchmarks physically, but um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's that if there's a, there's a couple things that make the program what it is, and I think that that's kind of what even what you're saying about a top-tier athlete, one, I would say is structure, two, I would say is accountability, even if it's to yourself. I think you see that in all top athletes. And then you had mentioned it earlier, but talking about um the specifics or having specific goals, right? Like even if even if you're a wrestler or or an ATV motocross racer or whatever you are, like every day that you train in the gym at the racetrack whatever, I think that you have have to have even specific goals for that day. Because otherwise, you might just find yourself at the racetrack just spinning laps, or you might find yourself in the gym just, I don't know, doing, doing whatever, you know, whatever you do but not at a top level. Is that how you see it too? I mean, specific goals are an integral part to this whole thing?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you definitely have to have goals, but you have to have reasonable goals. Some people said goals that are out of reach. Right, some yeah. people, some rookies came in and said they were going to be on the podium all the time. They were going to run races. That's an insult to them top-level guys. That's an insult. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, I mean, there's so many things of turning into an athlete, having your goals. I mean, I'm a big thing of writing down your goals. I believe everybody should write down their goals. Yep. Live your goals. Cross off the ones. Write new ones down. Well, it's a good good feeling.
0: Yeah, it's a good feeling to cross off goals.
2: Absolutely. But a lot of
0: people don't do that. It's like climbing a ladder is what that is you know exactly right and if and if you have goals out there that aren't achievable you're you're maybe that's like you never you're never putting feathers in your cap right so you gotta have
2: goals that are achievable you gotta have goals that are reach. don't put goals that are out of reach you'll never reach them. you know what i mean put little goals make little goals turn them into big goals
0: absolutely but you gotta start
2: out with the little goals first
0: yeah that's awesome well anybody that wants to take the next step with their uh with their training has to, has to get on the program. That's my advice to them. So.
2: I appreciate that, Cody. I truly do. Listen, thank you for having me. Um, if you want to look at us, we're on Instagram at the program I mean, that's where we are. Yep. we can see us, everybody, you know, a lot of people follow us and stuff, but if you want to take it to the next step and you're champion mentality, the programs
0: your you know, your go-to. Well, I appreciate for I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate everything that you and the program have done for our sport of ATV racing because you single-handedly elevated the sport across the board in my opinion. The trickle-down effect is still to this day, um even if you're not training as many guys as you once were. And uh yeah, so like I said, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done for me to have to have you in my corner is uh is, it's a, it's a hell of a feeling for me. So thanks for everything that you do for me personally. Thanks for coming on my podcast. And, uh, man, Dom, you're always, you're always welcome back. I, uh, I appreciate your, uh, and I value your opinion more than most. So, uh, thanks again. Thanks for coming on.
2: Appreciate that. Look forward to
0: it. Okay. Thanks, Dom. Thanks buddy. Well guys, that's it for episode six, our last in season episode. You can count on us to get the crew together to cover end-of-the-season storylines, but then I'm really excited for our off-season content as we'll have a little more freedom to cover all kinds of different stuff. I was with Digger Doug Gus just a few nights ago. We're going to plan on doing a podcast as he's probably the number one suggestion that I've got over the course of the last few months from listeners. Um, I've also talked to Shane Haid about doing an episode. I know Joel Hatrick has shown some interest in doing a full episode feature like we did with Big Chad Weenen. Sammy and I, Sammy Rowe and I, go way back, so um, we're hoping to get him in the studio here for an episode, and we'd have a. A lot of good stories to talk about there. I've been asked, you know, uh, a bunch of times now to maybe tell my story, um, so maybe we can fit that in in the off season. And you know, we got that fan question episode planned as well. So so much going on, so much more even than I mentioned there. Um, all kinds of stuff to look forward to as we as we kind of cover all bases um, in the off season. You know, we wanted to cover. All of the current racing that's been going on, and, and it's been exciting enough that uh, that it's it's been great to do so. But as we go into the off-season, we're just going to have a little more freedom, for sure. So big things are coming from us here. Um, you know, we're six episodes in, and we're just getting started. So with that, i got to thank our guest tonight, Tyler Hamrick, um, and the program training's Dom Sapolek. Um Both of them were brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. And speaking of the best chain in the industry, across the pages of social media platforms, we're going to run a poll on who will win the Pro Championship. Of the group of voters w- uh, who guess correctly, we're going to randomly pick a winner and announce him or her on the next episode. They're going to win a brand new DID ATV2 chain like myself, Chad Weenan, and the rest of the top dogs in the sport run. So that's a $100 value. So when you see that pull, you're going to want to get on there um, and do some voting for your chance to win. Thanks to my producer, my brother Dallas, who would like to now be referred to as the executive producer, he informed me. So um, thanks to him for all his time that he puts into this project and for holding down the fort here in the studio. Thanks to my better half, Taylor Smith, um, for all her graphic design work. She's absolutely fantastic at what she does. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, a.k.a. The Cheat Code, okay. SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, 4 Works Carbon, DP Brakes, 100% and their new Mega Goggle, Blender's Eyewear, and Oats Overnight. Remember to support the brands that support our show. Use those codes to save. And if you enjoy the show and want more from us, donate via Patreon if you're so inclined to do so. Thanks to all of you, our listeners. Your growing and continued support keeps us going throughout all the hard work that it takes to make this show happen. It continues to blow my mind um, how many people enjoy and voice their approval of the show. We got a lot of passionate listeners and um, – you guys, just please keep it up because you guys rock. You you make it all happen for us. So keep interacting with the show on social media. Like I mentioned, when you see that poll, vote Chad Weenan or Joel Hetrick for your chance to win a new DID racing chain. Um, and all that's left to do is go racing, guys. Please, if you love ATV motocross like we do, come show your support at Ironman this Friday. Show the industry what the ATV community is all about. And to ensure you don't miss anything, follow myself, Cody Jansen, and the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to the show, tell your friends, share our posts, just help us grow the show in any way possible. Um, We'll have constant content of the event this upcoming Friday. And yeah, awesome show tonight. Thanks to everybody that was involved. Can't wait to see... You know, who's going to come home with this championship, what rookies will shine, what curveballs could possibly be left before the dust settles on the 2019 season here. Um, We'll watch it play out, and then we'll come back to give you all the coverage you could possibly want one final time. With that, guys, I'm Cody Jansen, and until next time, thanks for listening to and joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross.